Hello and welcome to another edition of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I am your host, Becky Easton. And today, as September brings National Suicide Prevention Month to light, I wanted to talk about uh, something a little bit more somber. Um, Even though I regularly am talking about death on a daily basis, suicide always hits just a little bit differently. And according to some of the most recent statistics we have from 2020, just under 46,000 people died by suicide in the United States, which breaks down to one death every 11 minutes. That is striking when you really think about it. 12.2 million adults seriously thought about suicide in 2020. 3.2 million adults made a plan and 1.2 million adults actually attempted suicide. And for every suicide death, there are four hospitalizations for attempts eight emergency department visits related to suicide, 27 self-reported suicide attempts, and 275 people who have seriously considered suicide. These numbers really just are striking, guys. And I think one thing, at least in a handful of the people that that I have known, it may feel like um, you're alone in these thoughts. And I mean, honestly, I would be lying if I had said I had never had the thought cross my mind. Um, I can't say that I've ever made a plan or made an attempt, but I've certainly had had those thoughts. I, I struggle with ADHD myself and I have plenty of intrusive thoughts um, and, and suicide has been one of them uh, on occasion. And I'm certainly very grateful that it never went any further than that for me. Um, however, that's, it's just really not the case for so many other Americans. Um, every single year. And this year, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline was um, made a whole lot easier to remember. Now you just have to dial three digits, 988, gets you to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. And there are many of options available there to help you cope if you are struggling with thoughts about this or to help someone that you know. And like, I'm looking at the website now, it's 988lifeline.org. And there are a bunch of resources here for, you know, just like I said, how to help yourself, how to help someone you love. And I wanted to share some of that with you because this can be so invaluable just knowing what sorts of resources are out there and and know that you're not alone. You're not alone. 
So if you're looking to find some help for yourself, there are resources here to help you find a therapist or a support group, build a support network, and then also how to use that support network. And one that I found really interesting is um, how to make a safety plan. And a safety plan is something that's designed to guide you through a crisis. There are a few steps here and a template that you can download so that you can really dig in and write this information down um, for yourself. And the steps include recognizing your warning signs. What are those thoughts, images, moods, situations, or behaviors uh, that indicate to you that a crisis may be developing? Then you want to use your own coping strategies. So you're listing out things you can do on your own to help you not act on urges to harm yourself. Then you want to socialize with others who can offer support as well as just a distraction from the crisis. Then you want to contact family members or friends who may help to resolve that crisis. You want to be sure you're keeping a list of both of these sets of people who are supportive and who you feel you can talk to when you're under stress. Then you want to contact your mental health professionals or agencies. So you're keeping a list of names, numbers, and locations of clinicians, local emergency rooms, and crisis hotlines, including 988. It's so easy to call now, guys. Put all those numbers into your phone even. Then you also want to ensure that your environment is safe. If you've actually thought of ways in which you might want to harm yourself, you want to work with a counselor to develop a plan to limit your access to those means. And then you also have resources to allow you to help someone else. First of all, by recognizing whether they need your help. There are a number of warning signs that can help you determine if one of your loved ones is at risk for suicide especially if it's new or increased behavior or seems related to a painful event, loss, or change. Some of those warning signs include talking about wanting to die or kill themselves, looking for a way to kill themselves, like searching online or buying a gun, talking about feeling hopeless, having no reason to live, feeling trapped or in unbearable pain. They may also start talking about being a burden to others or increasing the use of alcohol or drugs. They might sleep too little or too much, act anxious or agitated, start withdrawing or isolating themselves, may have extreme mood mood swings and start showing rage about or talk about seeking revenge. And what is it that you can even do to help them? Number one, 988 is for you also. Reach out and talk about this crisis. You want to be direct. You want to talk openly and matter-of-factly about suicide and don't be sworn to secrecy. You do want to seek support and not further that culture of, you know, shame. I certainly don't want to dare them to do it or even act shocked. You know, it might end up putting distance between you when what they're needing at this moment 
is really that connection. You want to be willing to listen and allow expressions of feelings. I also want to try as hard as you can to be non-judgmental. You don't want to debate whether suicide is right or wrong or whether their feelings are good or bad. You don't want to lecture them on the value of life, but rather get involved, become available, and take action. You want to remove means to suicide, like weapons or pills. And also, you know, get help from other people or agencies specializing in crisis intervention and suicide prevention. And then there are five action steps for communicating with someone who may be suicidal. And these are supported by evidence in the field of suicide prevention. So this is coming from be the one two dot com. That's be the number one to.com and the five steps are ask be there keep them safe help them connect and follow up so you want to be the one to ask and asking that question directly are you thinking about suicide communicates that you're open to speaking about suicide in a non-judgmental and supportive way Asking in a direct, unbiased manner can open the door for effective dialogue about their emotional pain and allows everyone involved to see what next steps need to be taken. Other good questions that you can ask include, how do you hurt? And how can I help? And then on the flip side of ask, you want to listen. Make sure that you're taking their answers seriously and not ignoring them particularly if they indicate that they're, they're experiencing actual thoughts of suicide. Listening to their reasons for being in such emotional pain, as well as listening for any potential reasons that they want to continue to stay alive, are both incredibly important when they're telling you what's going wrong. Help them focus on their reasons for living and avoid trying to impose your reasons for them to stay alive. And studies here show that asking at-risk individuals if they're suicidal doesn't actually increase suicides or suicidal thoughts. Rather, the studies suggest the opposite, where findings are suggesting that acknowledging and talking about suicide may in fact reduce rather than increase suicidal ideation. Then you want to be the one to be there. And this could mean being physically present for someone, speaking with them on the phone when you can, or any other way that shows support for the person at risk. An important aspect of this step is to make sure you follow through in the ways in which you say you'll be able to support the person. Don't commit to anything that you're not willing to or able to accomplish. If you're unable to be physically present with someone with thoughts of suicide, talk with them to develop ideas for others who might be able to help as well. And again, only others who are willing, able, and appropriate to be there. Listening is again very important during this step. You want to find out what and who they believe will be the most effective sources of help. And being there for someone with thoughts of suicide is life-saving. Increasing someone's connectedness to others and limiting their isolation, both in the short and long term, has shown to be a protective factor against suicide. The work of Thomas Joyner's highlights connectedness as one of its main components. 
And the work of David Klonsky and Alexis May also theorize that connectedness is a key protective factor, not only against suicide as a whole, but in terms of the escalation of the thoughts of suicide to action. By being there, we have a chance to alleviate or eliminate some of these significant factors. Then they recommend that you keep them safe. Be the one to keep them safe. And first of all, it's good for everyone to be on the same page. Because after the ask step, and you've determined suicide is indeed being talked about, it's important to find out a few things to establish immediate safety. Have they already done anything to try to kill themselves before talking with you? Does the person experiencing thoughts of suicide know how they would kill themselves? And do they have a specific detailed plan? What's that timing and what sort of access do they have to their planned method? And knowing the answers to each of these questions can tell us a lot about the imminence and severity of danger the person is in. For instance, the more steps and pieces of a plan that are in place, the higher their severity of risk and their capability to enact their plan might be. Or if they have immediate access to a firearm and are very serious about attempting suicide, then extra steps like calling for emergency help or driving them to an emergency department might be necessary. The Lifeline 988 can always act as a resource during these moments as well, if you aren't entirely sure what to do next. You also wanna be the one to help them connect. Helping someone with thoughts of suicide connect with ongoing supports like the 988 Lifeline can help them to establish a safety net for those moments they find themselves in a crisis. Additional components of a safety net might be connecting them with supports and resources in their communities. Explore some of these possible supports with them. Are they currently seeing a mental health professional? Have they in the past? And is this an option for them currently? Or are there other mental health resources in the community that can effectively help? And one way to start helping them find ways to connect is to work with them on that safety plan and developing that. Studies have shown that individuals that called the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline were significantly more likely to feel less depressed, less suicidal, less overwhelmed, and more hopeful by the end of the calls handled by applied suicide intervention skills training trained counselors. And these improvements were linked to the assist-related counselor interventions, including listening without judgment, exploring reasons for living, and creating a network of support. And then you want to be the one to follow up. After your initial contact with a person experiencing thoughts of suicide, and after you've connected them with the immediate support systems that they need, make sure to follow up with them to see how they're doing. Just leave a message, send them a text, or give them a call. A follow-up step is really a great time to check in with them and see if there's anything more you're capable of helping with, or if there are things you've said you would do and haven't yet had the chance to get done for them. This type of contact can continue to increase their feelings of connectedness and share your ongoing support. And there's evidence that even a simple form of reaching out, like sending a caring postcard, can potentially reduce their risk for suicide. And if you'd like any additional information to help yourself or somebody else, I encourage you to visit the 988lifeline.org website 
And then also be the one com, which is be the number one to.com. And like I said, there's so much information here. The numbers are strikingly high um, as far as suicide goes and so much higher just in adults who have seriously thought about suicide. You're not alone and you should be able to get the help that you deserve. September again is National Suicide Prevention Month. So let's talk about it. Let's bring this conversation out into light and let everyone who has suicidal thoughts know that they are not alone and that you are going to be there for them. This has been another episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings, and I am your host, Becky Easton. I will talk to you tomorrow.